Yeah, Father God, I just want to bring Lee to you now. I just pray, Father God, that you will use him as an instrument to speak to every one of us here. Father, that you will give us ears to hear, um, hearts that will be open just to receive your word. And I pray that you will really anoint Lee, help him to emphasize what he needs to bring across to us today. And um, yeah, bless him in all his preparation. May it just be fruitful now in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everybody. And Merry Christmas. It feels like it's been a month already, I think, with all of the uh, advertising, right? Um, Now, I'm going to give you a warning. Um, And just as a good teacher does, they give you tests, don't they? So I'm just warning you now, there's going to be a test, okay? So uh, that's just to keep you awake. However, the good thing is, there's prizes, okay? Don't get too excited. You don't know what a prize is yet. All right. So just as um, I didn't confer with the worship team, but the songs that I chose were perfect. And one of the songs was the goodness of God. And the, the message today is the greatest gift this Christmas. So just want to play a video to you first about the greatest gift that uh, Sainsbury's believed was for us. I want to find the greatest gift I can give my family. The greatest gift Quite catchy, isn't it? So, I'm going to come back to that in a moment. But firstly, ask why do we celebrate Christmas? And we celebrate it because it's the beginning of the salvation story for those of us who are not Jews. And when Jesus was born, there was no fanfare, there was no trumpet sounding, there was no processions. He was just born into a little manger in this, you know, little hut and really not fit for a king, right, as we call him. And the only people that came to see him were some shepherds and some wise men, some magi, but even the magi were two weeks later, right? And the theme continues throughout Jesus' life, um, even to his first miracle, uh, when he was reluctant to even perform this miracle. But, you know, be obedient to your parents, right? And he was obedient to his mother, and he turned the water into wine. And when Jesus sent his disciples, he did a similar thing. He sent them out and basically told them, Take nothing. Take nothing with you. Jesus wasn't someone who uh, was looking for fame and fortune and riches and presents and stuff. And he didn't want the glory. He wanted to point us to the Father, to God the Father. 
So, if Jesus returned today and looked at how Christmas celebration, you know, as a, as a country, what do you think? Would he be pleased? You know, seeing adverts like this? Probably not. Um, Christmas has been turned into an excuse for companies to sell stuff, for people to buy stuff, probably that they don't need. Maybe they can't even afford it. And Christmas mostly is about consumerism. And Jesus is trying to be removed from Christmas. So even the name Christmas, people are trying to turn that into something else called the holidays, right? I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase, but Christmas contains the word Christ. So every aspect of Christ is trying to be removed from it, even though really it's why we celebrate it, ultimately, originally. And if you're not into the consumerism, maybe people can resist that, then maybe you'd celebrate Christmas just to spend time with your family. And there's nothing wrong with that. But unless we're in fellowship with others, bringing God into our time, then is that right too? So I don't know if you heard in the news, but there was 49% of the UK are now Christian. I don't know if you heard that this week. Is anyone? Anyone? Yeah, apparently 49% of the UK are Christian. And when I heard that, I thought to myself, is it really that high? I I don't know about you, but um, 49% of the people I know are uh, not Christian. And and I go to church. So um, I'm not sure about you, but I don't think that number is quite right. And um, part of that uh, news people realized that there's some legislation around collective worship in schools. I don't know if you knew this, but it's actually a legal requirement. And I'll read a little bit to you. Collective worship in county schools must be wholly or mainly of a broadly Christian character, though not distinctly any particular Christian denomination. Collective worship in schools should aim to provide the opportunity for pupils to worship God, to consider spiritual or moral issues and explore their own belief, to encourage participation and response, whether through active involvement in the presentation of worship or through listening and joining in the worship offering. And uh, I found it quite interesting how uh, Joyce brought the message there, because that's the opposite of what people were trying to do. And thank God for what you're doing there because we're putting Christ back into our schools. And so what should we do about Christmas? So I can't tell you what to do because for each of us it's a personal decision, right? It's however the Holy Spirit moves you. But I can tell you what we're doing and how the Holy Spirit has moved us. So 
We, as a family, want to reduce consumerism's hold on us. So this year, we're not buying presents for our family. And we've also asked that they don't buy anything for us. And the money that we would have spent, we're giving it away to the food bank. And I'm not telling you that to have any kind of praise or for you to look up to me as some holy person, because I'm not. But that's the way that the Holy Spirit has convicted us, that we don't need more stuff. We've already got enough of it. In fact, probably too much. So there's people out there who are in need much more than we are. So we want to bless them as much as we can. And when our family meets for dinner in our home, uh, we, when we have Christmas dinner, we say grace. And not all of my family are Christians. So that's the other way that we bring God back into our Christmas. But to be honest, the main thing that I would encourage you to do this Christmas and the thing that the Holy Spirit laid on my heart is to share your faith. To share your faith with your friends, your family, your colleagues, even strangers. And the challenge this Christmas is not just to remember that Jesus was born, but why Jesus was born. So, going back to the song and the, and the ad, the greatest gift... Oh, you don't have to play it, don't worry. <laughs> going back to that, um, the greatest gift that we can give this Christmas is the gift of eternal life. There is no greater gift than that. And every other present that we buy and we give is just going to turn to dust one day, right? But eternal life will never end. It can't be purchased. It can't be sold. And the best thing is, it's free. Everyone likes a free gift, right? But there's always a catch, right? Because it's not so simple. Because everyone has free will. We all have to make that personal decision to give our lives to Christ. But we can still share our faith. We can still be witnesses to our friends, family, colleagues, and everybody. So I want to talk about the key things that all Christians believe. And for those of us that are Christians then I hope that you would have thought about or read some of these Bible verses and that you'll remember those. But because they're so foundational, sometimes we just forget about them, right? It's not really relevant for us anymore because we're going to heaven. So we forget. But today I want to remind you and to hopefully give you some points to discuss with those who are not yet Christian. So, 
I'm going to give you the points, but the best conversations are those that apply to your life, right? So what I give you is just some ideas. The main thing is that we're not yet holy people. We're not some perfect Christians that some people believe that we are. And that's what we need to show people, that we're just as normal as everybody else. But the difference is, we have a hope of what's coming and where we're going next. So my prayer today is that our hearts will be broken, just like Joyce when she gave her message, and just like Sally's heart, and just like everybody else's heart who's breaking for somebody. And if you haven't written a name on a card, just whilst I'm talking, just go to the back, write a name for somebody that is not yet a Christian, and just hang their name on a tree. So, how do we explain the Christian faith to somebody? So, number one, we have to explain what sin is. Sin is breaking God's law. So, what is God's law? Well, the law is the Torah, right? the first five books of the Bible. And as Peter has practically gone through every book and picked out a few verses this morning, it was perfect, thank you. Um, and if you've broken any one of the laws, you've sinned, right? So it would take me too long to go through all those today, so I'm not even going to try. But really, it's not important, because the second point is, we need to understand that all have sinned. And as you see on the next Bible verses, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is no one righteous, not even one. So, there is no big sin, there's no small sin, there's only sin. And there's no quantity of sin. One, a million, it doesn't matter. It's all the same. So, everybody has sinned at least once, right? So, next point. Recognize what the penalty of sin is. So, if you break a UK law, there's going to be consequences, right? So, hopefully, doesn't always work this way, but hopefully the punishment is proportionate to the crime, right? To the thing that you've broken. So, what are the consequences to God's law? Well, we look at the next verse, and it says, The wages of sin is death. So the payment, the consequence of even one sin, which we have all done, is death. Okay, that doesn't sound too good yet, right? <laughs> Let's get to some good news soon, right? And remember that God is perfect, so we cannot be in the presence of God because we're not holy, right? We've sinned, we're not holy, He is holy, He cannot be with us. And the death that we're talking about is the eternal death, the afterlife. So, 
my dad, when I talked to him about this, he would say to me, but Lee, I've, I'm so good. You know, I've not murdered anybody. I've not done this. I've not done that. And, and really, your best is really not good enough. Not for salvation, right? Because even one sin. So, on to the next point. You cannot save yourself by good works, only by grace through faith. So if we read the next verse, if it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, is the gift of God, not by works, so that, anyone, so that no one can boast. So you can't be saved just by being good, right? It's not enough. And it's like if you have a permanent stain on your shirt, you know, or if you've, you know, imagine an irremovable tattoo, no amount of cleaning will get it off of you. It won't work. So how do we pay for this sin so that we don't end up dying for eternity? So the next point Jesus took on our sin and died in our place. I don't think he's going to let me go unless I pick him up. So the, the Bible verse here is, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And God demonstrates his own love. Hang on, have I skipped forward? No. And God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So Christ took our sin, our imperfection, and how did he do that? How can Jesus take away our sin from us, from that stain that can't be removed. Well, Jesus was special, right? He was sinless. So, when we look at the Torah, the law, back in the old days, as they say, you had to make sacrifices, right? You would sacrifice a bull, sacrifice a, a ram, sacrifice a lamb, and that would take on your sin the animal also wasn't perfect, right? So that removal of sin was only temporary. It was only for that moment. But Jesus' sacrifice was perfect. He was the perfect human. He followed the Torah completely. He fulfilled the Torah in that way. So... When Jesus died, that sacrifice was the perfect sacrifice. We didn't need to make any more sacrifices from animals because Jesus did that for us once and for all. So, why is Jesus special? Because he was God and man, God and man in one. Now I could preach all day about that, 
but I'm not going to, so don't worry. Um, and the thing to remember is, like I said earlier, the salvation is free. There's no payment. There's no good deeds. It's been paid. And Jesus paid it for us. So does that mean that everybody, literally everybody automatically gets this salvation? Well, unfortunately not. So if we look at how do we get that salvation? If we look at the next verse, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So, it's quite simple. We need to firstly confess with our mouth. Does it mean speaking aloud? Well, yeah. If you've got a mouth that you can speak, then, then yeah. And the point of speaking, well, is to share our faith with others. It's to show others that we are changed, that we are somebody different now. We're not hiding it. You know, there's other verses that talk about putting your candle underneath a basket, you know. You don't want to hide your light that is shining out. So, it's important that it's allowed and that Jesus is Lord. There's no other God apart from him. And the second thing, believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead. This is something that only God sees, right? Only God really sees your heart. So this is God saying, I'm looking into you. Because anybody can say anything, right? You know, we can be fooled into thinking that somebody believes something, but they don't. But God looks within. So the next point. It's God's heart that he wants everybody to be saved. But not everybody will be saved because we all have a choice. We can't force somebody. It would mean nothing to God if somebody was forced to believe in him. So here we read, God wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. This is his heart. He's not a heartless God. He's not somebody who wants to bring eternal death on anybody. But he also gives us that free will to decide. And he wants us to follow him. And it hurts him when we don't. When I was younger, quite a new Christian, I, I sinned. And I knew that I sinned. And I repented. I said, God, forgive me. And 
I asked God to show me what it feels like for him. And he gave me just this little glimpse. I, I couldn't take the whole thing. He knew I couldn't. But he gave me this little tiny example of what he feels and it was deep sorrow I just burst out crying because he doesn't want us to sin he doesn't want us to not follow him and it, it changed me after that time it changed me because people will tell you that oh God's a heartless God because whatever Really, he's not. He wants all of us to be saved. So, we're all still human, right? We're still singing now. So, what does the Bible tell us about that? We are now children of God. And the Bible verse related to this is yet to all who received him to those who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of God so we are those of us that are believers brothers and sisters in Christ we're family now and I don't know if you experienced this as well but through COVID when Practically everybody was in quarantine. Lovely. Um, we were not physically able to connect to each other, right? And people didn't rejoice. They weren't all like, oh, great, I can just sit back and do nothing. People were desperate for some kind of connection with others. We're a communal people, right? We need community. And whether that's in church, for our brothers and sisters like this, or even if you don't believe, then you need community outside of your own home. It's part of us. Right? That's how God made us. But we're no longer part of this world. Right? Those who are saved, we're no longer part of this world. Our home is actually in heaven. Right? We're temporarily here. And the next point is that there's no guilt for future sin for the saved. So the reason I say that is because many people who are believers still put on themselves guilt for doing things wrong. And, yeah, we shouldn't keep sinning, right? The Bible says that. Um, but it also says that we shouldn't be guilty. So in this verse, it says, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It says it there. I'm not making it up. And when we put that guilt on ourselves, we are we're taking away a part of that salvation gift that God has given us. So, all of our future sin, 
It's already forgiven as well. It's already been paid. The past, the present, the future, for those of us that are believers. So, out of those points, you know, one thing leads to another. And this isn't a formula. This isn't some special list that we all need to follow. But there's just some key points of our Christian faith. And some talking points, maybe, for those of us who know people who aren't saved. For those people who are hanging on the tree this morning. And some people are going to disagree with you. But some people won't. Or maybe some people don't agree with some points. And that's fine. Because they're probably the points that they'd actually like to discuss. And my desire for you this morning is not to remember Jesus as the helpless baby in a manger, but to remember that Jesus of the cross, the Jesus who suffered and died, the one who died for our sins and that God raised from the dead for our salvation. And yeah, we need to thank God for Jesus' birth because otherwise there was no death. Otherwise there was no resurrection. So, now's your test. Right? No cheating. Anybody who's been writing notes, Jenny. Um, so, you can confer, right? You can get into groups, maybe three, three to six people. I don't really mind how big a group is. And if you need some pen or paper, there's still some cards and some pen at the back. And I'd like you to try and remember the order that these were in. Okay? No cheating. Anyone who's taken photographs, keep your phone in your pocket. And there will be a prize. So you've got two or three minutes, so don't wait around. All you need to do is just write the letters in order, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you, okay, to, to mark your own answers, all right? All right. It's, it's not normally allowed in class, but I'll allow it this time. Okay, do you want to finish up? Okay, Christy's going to put the answers up. Okay. Do you have... Does anyone have this order? You do? Wonderful. Okay, close. Anybody else? Eight. Eight. Anyone else? Got Nine. Anyone get nine? No, you can't get nine. It's not possible. That was a trick. Anyone else got eight? Did you get eight? Oh. Oh. Okay. 
Pete and Debbie, you're the winners. And your prize is... Don't need them all at once. I'm going to give the runners-up a prize as well, okay? You can all have one as well, all right? Well, thank you all for not cheating. I'm very proud of you. So, just to finish up, just to finish up, last week uh, we went out for a meal, and we were sitting there, and there was a table of four mediums behind us. There were basically the only other people in the restaurant. So we could overhear all of their conversation, right? It was uh, quite eye-opening. And uh, I won't go into what they were talking about entirely, but what I will say is that people are desiring some spiritual input into their lives. There's something in us that is more than just physical. And people know that. They know that there is a spiritual world. They might not understand it or believe the same things that we believe or whatever. But they know that there's something spiritual more than this world. And the good thing is, we've got the good news. And we have the hope for those people. And especially for the people that we've got on our tree. And I'm going to attempt to read out their names. Pretty much everybody's writing is good. So, but um, We've got Anne, E, Bob and Joe, Angie and Bob, Sarah, Max, Finlay, Laura, Dan, Max, Gracie, Graham, Liz, George, Shay, Sue, Demetra, Teresa, Amanda, Sue, Mark, Zane, Josh, Hannah, Ronnie, Elliot, oh, Dorian, Jan, Ruth and Lily, Joval, Sarah and Nick, Katie's family, Ali's family, Aaron and Sharon, Simeon and Alison, Samantha, Matt and family, Russ and family, Ali and family, Katie and, uh, Kate and family, Margaret and Ian. I think I've got everyone. So, I'm going to encourage you today and finish up here by sharing your faith with someone. Whether you put one of these names on the tree, then maybe that person or that family and to just share your story wherever that is for you because nobody can take that away from you doesn't matter what anybody says your story is truth to you someone else might not believe it but it can't take it away from you I'd ask you to pray for these people that I've mentioned but if you feel like there's something more that you'd like to come forward for, for prayer for, if you're scared to share your faith, or if you want to ask God for boldness to step out, 
or if you've never given to your life to Christ and you want to today. Or maybe you're not 100% sure that you're going to heaven. There's some doubt in your mind. Whilst we're listening to this song, just come forward and let's pray for you. And for those that aren't coming forwards, I'd ask that you pray for these people who are hanging on this tree. As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me. Every tongue will declare allegiance to God. I don't want to... I don't want to get to heaven one day and be next to someone I know. And I haven't shared the faith with them. Because they will bend a knee. They will confess. Because we'll see God in all of his glory, right? I don't want to be there with them knowing that I've not shared the good news with them. Knowing what comes next. Thank you.